This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, your source to healthy living. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. So, am I happy? What is happiness? How can I find happiness? Without even knowing it, there's a lot of inner self-talk around it and about happiness. We all want to experience joy, but we just don't know how and to either enjoy it or savor it. So joining me today is Robert Mack. He is a celebrity happiness coach, and he's going to help us understand how to find happiness. Robert, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, listen, I mean, who doesn't want to learn and experience happiness? Um, So I thought I'd start the conversation with a loaded question. Do you think that COVID-19 has made people happier or less happy? (laughs) Well, that depends. It depends on who you ask. Okay, (laughs) good point. I would say that, yes, I would say that, you know, with most people, um, there's certainly additional clarity around what matters and what doesn't matter so much, right? So adversity is always great for forcing you to slow down, stop, and reprioritize your life and your relationships. And so for that, I think a lot of us are experiencing more gratitude and sort of more clarity there. But there are lots of folks that are experiencing more confusion. You know, I think COVID has sort of thrown people into this sort of existential anxiety, this existential crisis, like what is life for and what's it about and what should I be doing with my life? And so sort of depends on who you ask. But for the most part, statistically speaking, you know, people have actually weathered COVID extraordinarily well, and they're coming out on the other side more grateful and happier for their experience um, and their life. I'm so, so happy to hear you say that. I'm one of those people that, you know, I try to find the happiness and joy in everything. And honestly, as long as I have my health, I am happy as can be. But what do we do about those individuals who maybe haven't reached that point yet? Yeah, you've got to work at it. You know, you have to work at it. (laughs) And I am the poster boy for having really struggled. You know, I was um, depressed and suicidal for decades. And I even had a suicidal experience. And so I know how hard it is and how painful it is to be unhappy or worse than that, depressed or suicidal. And I also know how great it is to have worked at it and practiced some of the sort of happiness habits um, that we find out there in the world, um, particularly in the field of positive psychology. So it takes work, it takes effort, but thank goodness there are some folks in the world who have dedicated their lives to studying what makes life worth living and what leads to happiness, what doesn't lead to happiness. And so there's lots of great resources out there. So I'd say for, for, for sure, make happiness the top priority in your life and then trust and know that if you can just apply the practice, you'll actually find increasing success in all areas of your life as well, which is one of the things that we find from the positive psychology research. And so it's safe to say that, you know, happiness is something that takes practice like anything else, like playing a sport or learning how to, you know, play an instrument. You do have to take time to practice it. So give me an example of how we can practice being happy or finding happiness. Absolutely. So there's sort of four levels to it. We have really four tools. You know, the, the first tool using our happiness journey is just identifying those people, places, and activities that allow us to feel inspired, uplifted, or energized for no good reason, right? And so that's just critical. And we know based on a lot of the research studies that gratitude is very helpful, optimism is very helpful. Um, You know, so exercises like counting your blessings every night or 
sort of documenting or bullying out what went well for the day, right? But it also is helpful just to identify your happiness islands. So those are those activities that you just feel so happy doing, and they take very little time, energy, or effort. And so if you can schedule more of those things into your life, you'll find yourself becoming increasingly happier. The final three tools really are just sort of trying to spend more time with happy people and less time with people that tend to drain you. That is important for all of us. It can be difficult, especially if it's family members, um, but it's critical. And the third tool is really just beginning to tell better feeling stories about your life and yourself and everybody else in the world, just for the point of feeling better. If you can learn to vet your thoughts, not just based on whether or not they're true, but also based on whether or not they're supportive and helpful in you creating what you want to create, including peace and love and happiness and success, you'll find that you not only feel better, but you also do better in life. And then the final tool really is also learning not to think so much. You know, so many of us get in the way of our happiness just through overthinking or comparison or rumination. And so we want to be able to step back and spend more time just being present and enjoying our lives. And so a long way of saying, or short way of saying all of that is, you know, most of us are not unhappy because we don't have what we want, but because we want what we do not have. That's such a good point. And I do love that you say you don't have to seek happiness. You just have to stop seeking unhappiness. So what do you mean by this? Yeah, so happiness is innate. You know, it's intrinsic and it's inherent. Um, your natural inheritance really is happiness. And you know that because you can look at little small children or puppies and you can look at all of nature and all of nature is really blissful except for human beings. Only people make a problem of their own existence. And that's because we tend to obsessively think and analyze and worry and complain about everything, no matter how good things are going. And so happiness is something that's already inside you. And we really just sort of get in the way of the inherent or intrinsic happiness that's already inside of us just by always getting to the storytelling sort of mode where we make meaning out of things that don't maybe have a whole lot of meaning, particularly if they're negative, right? And so um, the point there is just you don't have to work so hard at the happiness piece. You just sort of need to stop doing or do less of the things that get in the way of this intrinsic happiness inside of you. And so that kind of includes creating and setting boundaries around the things that you want to do in your life and around people and events and work, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely setting boundaries. I remember hearing um, Warren Buffett say something really fantastic about investing and business success, which I think equally applies to happiness. And he said, the difference between successful and extraordinarily successful people is that extraordinarily successful people say no to almost everything. And I would say there's a lot of truth in that for happiness too, that the difference between happy people and extraordinarily happy people is that extraordinarily happy people say no to practically anything and everything they can that doesn't improve their lives, right? And so it's that kind of like clarity around boundary setting that it can be very helpful, I think, to all of us. So, you know, I'm one of the, I'm working on that. I'm one of those people that, you know, has really struggled with boundaries. I've learned a lot about, you know, I'm, I don't, and I don't even know if boundary is the right word to use for myself, but it's the only word I can think of at the moment. So it's about setting those boundaries. You're right. And I struggle with that. But I also struggle with the idea that if I'm having a bad moment in my day, because it happens, we're human, we have human experiences, and not every day is going to be pleasant, then I automatically will 
think that I'm unhappy or I'm not happy. And, and I'm working on really kind of like cutting that out and then just going back onto the happy train and thinking, well, that was just a transient moment in my day, my week or my month. I am ultimately happy. Do you find that this is common? Absolutely. I mean, I think that lots of us have this idea that if we can focus on what's wrong with our lives, somehow that'll make our lives right. Right. It's sort of like, it's like, but the, the problem is, you know, there's no amount of focusing on unhappiness or unhappy things that is going to make you happy, right? The law of flotation wasn't discovered by contemplating the sinking of things. In other words, happiness cannot be found or felt by focusing on all the unhappy things in your life or in the world or within yourself. You have to focus on happiness to be happy. You have to focus on what's going right in order to feel right on the inside. And that's a real challenge. You know, the brain is really wired with a number of biases that are meant to keep us alive and not necessarily designed to make us happy. Negativity bias is one of those biases. And so, you know, again, you've got to put in a little bit of work and um, it creates, requires a little bit of awareness. But the point is, if you're really committed to being happy, you will be much less tolerant of both mind wandering and much less tolerant of, you know, sort of entertaining or feeding and feeling unhappy thoughts or unhappy stories or even unhappy relationships. Right. Now, you also recommend this. Don't make happiness a prize that you hope to win at the end of an unhappy journey. Instead, make happiness the way you travel. So this kind of alludes to the previous question. Do most people think that they'll only be happy when they accomplish a goal? And why is this not a healthy way to live? Oh, my goodness. Great question. I know. It's like we've all lived that. I know I've lived that for so much of my life, and you have to be so vigilant about that because it's a really sneaky, tricky one. Anytime you say, if this happens, then I'll be at peace. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll finally be self-loving. You know you're setting yourself up for failure, that even if you succeed in achieving or accomplishing whatever it is that you want to succeed or achieve, you have to remember that most of your life would be spent in a period or a place of unhappiness and stress and anxiety while you try to achieve this goal. And then when you achieve that goal, no matter what it is, relationship or children or divorce or, you know, more money or a better body or more health, you'll quickly discover that the little bit of pleasure that you experience as a result of achieving, acquiring or accomplishing what you just achieved, accomplished or acquired, it just fades so fast. You know, it's like, I'm going to get this car. It's going to make me happy forever. I'm going to get this relationship and I'll finally be happy forever. But we know based on our personal experiences, but also based on the Ivy League science of positive psychology, that that pleasure fades faster than you think it will. We call that the hedonic treadmill, part of what we call the rat race, right? It's hedonic adaptation. So human beings are really resilient. We adjust to both the worst of life experiences and the best of life experiences. And we mostly return to our baseline level of happiness unless we intervene in a way that is different from just changing our conditions or changing our circumstances. Um, so yeah, destination addiction is a real challenge for folks, um, but it can be overcome. And you know what? I think we all have experienced it at one point or another in our lives. And you're right. We quickly learn that waiting for that new car, that new something or other, or achieving something really doesn't last that long. And the happiness is very like, 
very transient. So focusing on being happy all the time is where I'm going. That's the direction I'm headed this coming year for sure. But why does always being happy or focusing on happiness, because this is a really important question, that part is what leads you to being successful. So we think it's the other way around where achieving something makes you happy, but being happy actually helps you achieve. That's right. So I'll say a few things there. So first, you're right. Prioritizing happiness above all else is just critical. And that's because happiness is the greatest success, meaning it's the reason you want success, right? No matter what you want to achieve, accomplish, or acquire, you want it because you think you'll feel better for it. You're ultimately after a feeling. That's the first part. Happiness is the greatest success. But then we quickly discover through research and our own experiences that success doesn't cause happiness. Right? We've got lots of studies to show that, that even getting married, right? We know you get a small bump when you get married, you get a small bump in your happiness, but quickly it returns to its baseline level. We know the first kid makes you slightly less happy, believe it or not. Second kid makes you significantly less happy and your happiness doesn't return until the kids leave the house. You know, we know that, you know, money doesn't make you happy. If you make less than $75,000 a year, sure, you know, a little bit of money is going to certainly go a long way, but after you hit about $75,000, but you don't get the same bang for your buck in terms of happiness. Even health, we think often think, well, if I could be healthier, I'm certainly going to be happier. But actually, the evidence does not suggest that. The evidence has actually found that there is no direct correlation between objectively good health and happiness. You know, success doesn't lead or cause happiness. And yet, happiness does lead to and cause success. So in other words, happy people experience better lives and experience better lives because they're happy. So in other words, happy people live six to seven years longer than their unhappy counterparts, but get married earlier, stay married longer, and are happy in all the relationships, whether they're married or not. They tend to experience less job burnout. They experience better health outcomes. They are rated as more attractive, right? Um, and they also tend to be more generous and charitable. So they end up being better people. And so the way I put it in sort of short form is happiness is attractive, literally and figuratively. It attracts successful life outcomes. And so you're wanting to experience the best of life. You want to take the shortcuts to happiness and go directly to the source for it within yourself and then trust and know based on both evidence and your own personal experience that when you do that, happiness leads to increasingly successful outcomes. I That to me is like music to my ears. So focusing on being happy all the time will definitely help us all be more successful. And it all depends on how you define success. But for me, success is finding the happiness, living the life of your dreams. And that sounds like it's extremely tangible. So when we come back, intention, attention, and no tension. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us info at 1059 The Region. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 1059 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to the Wellness Prescription. We are back and talking about why being happy all the time isn't easy, but it is possible. So, Robert, you recommend a basic three-step plan for manifesting anything you want. It's attention, intention, and no tension. Probably not even in that order, but can you please elaborate on that? Absolutely. So, the first piece is just to set a goal for being happy, 
you know, it's like easy to get distracted by the thousand and one concerns and worries and other desires you have. But if you can kind of remember that happiness is why you want what you want, no matter what you want, you can make that your top priority. So set the intention to be happy. And then you want to simply just be a selective sifter and sorter of life experience. By that, I mean, focus on the happy side of the stick, focus on the happy elements and people and places and things, those things that uplift you and energize you and make it a commitment and a real dedication to focus on the good and make the best of where you are, no matter where you are. You know, it's like we often feel so justified about complaining about X, Y, and Z. And it's okay to do a little bit of that, you know, to vent, but you only really make your life worse. You're only ruining the moment and you're also ruining your ability to sort of attract or manifest or create things later in your life too. So you both ruin the present and you really don't set yourself up for success in the future either. So it's intention, attention, and then no tension. That's all about sort of letting go and trusting, having faith, but just knowing that if you have happiness now, then you've got the prize, the real prize already. And everything else is just a consolation prize. Everything else is just icing on the cake. And so if you can really lean into that and say, hey, I don't know how long I'm going to live. It might be a thousand years. It might be two minutes. But in either case, I'm going to make this moment the most important moment of my life. And by doing so, I'm going to enjoy this moment as deeply as humanly possible, no matter who's in front of me or what I'm doing. If you can do that one thing, then you'll find that by taking care of the present, the present takes care of the future. Future takes care of itself. Right? So intention Intend to be happy and focus on that. Attention, attend to those things that make you happy or help you feel supported in your happiness and no tension. Let go of the results. That is so inspirational and it makes so much sense because you're focusing and you want to be happy and you're just living your life and you find that when I try that, I find that it really works for me, just focusing on the now. I love that. Now, we talked a little bit about, you know, the relationship between success and happiness, but I feel like that needs a lot more attention. So like being successful doesn't make you happy, but happiness can be successful. I want to go back to that for a minute, because if you think about all the people that we think are successful in this world, um, are they truly happy? How do we help people understand that, that being happy doesn't mean that you have to be a superstar, have to have a lot of money, or you have to, you know, have something accomplished in your life that nobody else has. I think that's the big problem is our world is very influenced by social media and what's happening in the now. How do we help people understand that it's not all that it seems? Yeah, well, they could just take over my job for a day because <laughs> I'm reminded of it every day. You know, it's like every day it's a reminder of why I do the work I do and why I love it. Um, but also, you know, the hard, difficult, you know, experiences that, that we all have, that I certainly had. And so I'd say that really the people I speak with on a daily basis, and if you listen closely to most people, particularly extraordinarily successful people, most of them are very happy, but lots of them aren't happy at all. They're deeply miserable. And they're, you know, like pockets and bank accounts are full of money, but their hearts are just full of misery. Right. And so you kind of have to like live enough life. And there's sort of two ways to get there. It's like, you can get there through the path of intelligence, which means just look into everybody else's experiences and listen to some of the celebrities and athletes and other entertainers talk about their lives. And if you listen to most of them, 
they'll share with you that some of their lowest moments came when they were at the height of their success, right? You can listen to a Selena Gomez. You can listen to, um, you know, uh, you know, Jim Carrey's talked about this a lot, right? I mean, we see what happened with Robin Williams and you see what happened with Britney Spears. And, and, and so there are lots of, you know, um, great examples and models of this sort of conflicted, um, sort of twisted idea that success can lead to happiness. And thank goodness for some of these folks because they're helping to disabuse this idea that more success will mean more happiness. There's that. You can look into the science of it. The science has shown that over and over and over again that no amount of success will ever guarantee you happiness. In fact, there's even a happiness formula that scientists have come up with. And the happiness formula is happiness equals S plus C plus V. S is your genetic set point. So we're wired to be a little happier or a little less happy depending on who you are. And that accounts for 50% of your happiness rating. Now, different from eye color and different from height, this genetic set point for happiness is malleable. It's changeable. If you've ever heard of epigenetic genetics, mm-hmm. it means that what you do with your life, the thoughts you think, the people you spend time with, the food you eat, the environments um, in which you live will influence in a deep, significant way the expression of those genes. So you can actually turn that up or turn that down. The C is circumstances. That's what most of us think about when we think about success and even when we think about happiness. So it's like, how much money do you make? Are you healthy? Do you have family? Do you have kids? You know, do you have status? All these things. That actually, believe it or not, only accounts for 10% of how happy you are. So if you can imagine your most perfect or ideal life where you have the perfect partner or many partners, if that's your thing, mm-hmm. you have many kids or no kids, you have unlimited money, you have all the things you can ever imagine having. Imagine that all of that. Altogether, that only accounts for 10% of how happy or unhappy you are. The remaining 40% is what we call V, that's volitional or voluntary activities. It's gratitude. It's optimism. It's spending time with people who uplift you as opposed to people who drain you. It's practicing meditation or mindfulness. It's not overthinking. It's all those things, right? So what this all means is that 90% of your happiness, at least, I would argue more, I would argue 100%, but 90% of your happiness is completely up to you and within your control. And only 10%, probably much less, is something that isn't within your control as much. Many years ago, my mentor told me something that I will never forget, and I noticed that you say the same thing. So even if you are running a rat race, in the end, you are still a rat. And you always recommend running your own race. What do you mean by this? Yeah, it's easy to let other people set the pace you in your life. You know, I was a runner and it can be dangerous. You are sometimes up against people that say, and you never know, somebody could be running. You think you're going to run this five mile race or this three mile race. And so you meet some people and you start running and some of them just take off right away. And you're like, I'm going to keep up with that person. And little do you know that this person can only keep up that pace for maybe a mile or two miles, or who knows, maybe they're a marathoner and they're, you know, like a world champion in running. And if you let other people set the pace for you in your life. Not only will you not enjoy it, but you'll find that you have a whole lot of time like hanging on to the very end and getting to the finish line. Um, And so you'll compromise not only your happiness, but also your success. And so the challenge with life is, and the opportunity is again, to remember that the reason that you're in this quote unquote race, we'll call it life experience, is to enjoy it, to have fun with it, right? And it's not to get to the end of it. If you think that life is about getting to the end of your to-do list and getting to the end of it, 
then you're going to spend your life in absolute stress and anxiety. It's going to feel like hell to you. And you're not going to have a happy ending too. You know, you're going to the end of your life and you're going to regret not having enjoyed yourself more, not having been happy, you know, spending too much time in the office, not spending enough time with friends and family. And that regret compounded, right, by the, by the fact that you actually didn't enjoy any of your life. And so, the, you know, real key here is again, enjoying each moment as it arrives and not comparing other people's outside to your inside, right? Happiness is its own measuring stick. And your experience of happiness is not determined by what other people are or aren't doing or how much success you create or how much money you make. Again, it's really just about staying in alignment with your own authenticity, doing what lifts your own heart, what makes you excited and inspired, and leaving everybody else and everything else out of the equation. So at the end of the day, comparison is a thief of joy in the same way that judgment is a thief of joy. You really want to focus on letting go of the comparison, letting go of the judgment, letting go of this need to keep up with the Joneses, and letting go of this status anxiety or success anxiety that you might have. Well, Rob, you've given so much amazing advice today, so many amazing tips on how to be happy. And I think the takeaways are let's try, let's all try to experience JOMO. Let's set intentions for happiness and just run your own race. So I can't thank you enough for joining me today. If listeners want to learn more about you, you also have a book that everyone could purchase. How can we do that? Yes. So you can find both Happiness from the Inside Out, which is available now, and Love from the Inside Out, which will be available in about a month. Everywhere great books are sold, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble, both online and in the store. You can find me at my website at coachrobmack.com. You can also find me on most social media platforms, most consistently Instagram at official. And I recommend everybody get your book and your upcoming book and check you out on Instagram. You can always find me on Instagram as well at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website, ClaudiaMachiella.com. That's our show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.